Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it's a Wednesday morning. Taz and the Moose with you coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience as we kick off our number three and welcome aboard a two-time Super Bowl champion and that is John Kuhn Green Bay Packers analyst 12-year NFL veteran he joins us now hey John good morning and thanks for giving us a couple minutes and uh and we appreciate the time John what's up good morning guys hey man you guys get it rocking in the morning you got your own theme song and everything that's oh, yeah. it all that's business it. here john all business you know well, we don't play games john when you walk into your house do your does your family have to go cool <laughs> no I, I only make them do that on sundays during football season that's, you know, that's only six that's only 16 days out of 365 so i take it easy on them that's great, there you man. go uh you know john you know obviously uh the packers in uh a little bit of a, a state of transition this year with McCarthy out and fired last year during the course of the regular season. Uh, what's been your impressions of, of the new young head coach? Uh, well, he's just that. He's young, and uh, so he's, he's, he's got this whole new way of how he wants to do things. He's taken a little bit from each staff that he's been on, but it's his first time doing it himself. So he's got a learning process as well and he's taking the feedback from his star players like Aaron Rodgers and Zadarius Smith and using that to the best that he can so that he can try and make a uh his own path for what a head coach looks like and what his NFL team will look like it it's not going to be easy because being a head coach in the National Football League is not easy but I'll tell you what he's uh he's really evolving fast he doesn't he doesn't sit back. If something doesn't look right, he wants to hear criticism. He wants to hear ideas. He wants to hear suggestions. And, and he does, honestly, he rolls with a lot of it. Yeah, no, it, it seems like he's really got his head on right. It's going to be legit for sure, John. But let me ask you, like, it, it, it seems like, you know, outside of, you know, those of us not in the Green Bay area, you know, hearing com- hearing stuff out of Green Bay, it's about LaFleur and Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. You know what? I mean, what do you think, man? What what is really going on there? I mean, you think Rogers is really embracing this new coach? I mean, you know, Rogers at times he's like a tough, tough cookie. You know what I mean? Like kind of a, you know, <laughs> if I wouldn't want to be a young head coach coaching up, you know, Aaron Rodgers. That's that's kind of my point. But what do you, what, you know? What's the deal with Lafleur and Rogers? Is there a deal? No, there's there's no deal. These guys uh, are getting along just fine. And and Aaron, honestly. Uh, <laughs> He is so nationally um, adored when it comes to the media that they just it, – it's amazing how he can, find, he can talk about things in, in, in one hand and it can be taken in another. Um, this offense, they haven't run this offense up here. For 13 years, it's been Mike McCarthy's offense. So Aaron, towards the end of that time period, was just – calling plays a a, a lot of times was just especially in no huddle situations two minute situations 
audible situations. He he had that full autonomy to just call plays, and now he's trying to learn a system where there's two plays called in the huddle, choosing the best play, rolling with it like that. He's trying when when you come to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, you're trying to answer a question. What's the best way to defeat this defense? And some of the questions are 400 level questions. Right. So he's trying to come up with 400 level answers, and uh, it, it's a process to understand. It's it's a different way to speak language. It's a different way to come up with answers. So he's he's coming up with those answers as it is. And you know what's when they started training camp, and this this happens in every training camp. You could go around 32 teams, and they would admit that the defenses usually get the best of the offense the first week of training camp. Well. That happened here again in Green Bay, but it was it was a little bit stronger because the offense was learning mm. a new way of doing things. I tell you, the last couple of weeks you're really starting to see what could possibly be with this Aaron Rodgers Matt Lafleur relationship in Green Bay. The offense is really start uh, started to show us some things, started to move the ball and uh, come up with some big explosive plays. I still think there's going to be a little bit of growing period at the beginning of the season, um, just because. You know, unfortunately, with the way that the preseason broke down, the starters on offense didn't get any time in, in preseason games. And even though nobody really likes to play their starters anymore in the preseason games, when you have a new offense, you, you need a rapport. You need a chemistry. It takes a little while to get uh, on the same page. So I think there'll be a little bit of that that we're going to see the first couple weeks, maybe first month of the season. But, shoot, uh, other teams around the league might have the same problem because a lot of starters didn't play around the NFL. John, do you think uh, the fear that Rodgers wouldn't buy in, some of the criticism of the Packers' star quarterback has been justified or unjustified? I think it's unjustified. How do you know if a guy has bought in or not? I mean, they didn't even play a game. They didn't even have – by the time by the time these comments were being made, they didn't even have a full padded practice. Uh, it, it, I, I think it's very unjustified. Um, we're going to have to see how this thing plays out. And, and Aaron's very good at subtly letting the public know how he feels about things. And, uh, you know, this whole thing was being taken from, from a comment about, about audibles about all, and, and being able to call audibles. And it's just a different he, – he was merely trying to say that this is a different way to do the offense. And they had not had a full padded practice yet. Give this thing a couple weeks, and Aaron will subtly be letting everybody know how he feels. He, he's very good at communicating with the public through the media. If, if you listen to his full interviews and, and his full press conferences, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a very intelligent guy, and, and, and he's a very respectful guy, but he'll let people know what's going on. So, uh, John, look at that like wide receiver, man, uh, very deep. I mean, very deep at the wide, wide receiver position uh, on the Green Bay Packers. So I'm sure that's got to make Rodgers kind of happy, right? <laughs> yeah, he's happy. You know, they, they are. They're very, they're very deep. But they're very young. I mean, they, the question around town right now is how many do they keep? I mean, they're, right. at, one point, at one point in time, you can count eight guys that I think are going to be on an NFL roster, if not the Packers roster. Mm. Um, Equinemius St. Brown just uh, got into – got an ankle injury in the last game so um what his timetable is we're not really sure right now so it's going to be i mean there's there's seven guys on this roster uh if you don't count eq because he might uh be on ir or or some sort of situation like that when when the season starts so they're i mean they they have some good talented wide receivers now they're young so again Here's another part of the learning curve. Here's another part of it might be a struggle early on in the season till they till they uh, till these guys start getting uh, prime time. I mean, he, I, I think you, you got Devontae Adams who is going into his sixth year, and then 
um, the next the next most tenured guy is Geronimo Allison, Allison who's uh, yeah. who, who's going into his fourth season. So it's it's wild how how deeply talented they are, but but how young they are at the same time. We're talking to John Kuhn, uh, two time Super Bowl champion, twelve year NFL vet, a Green Bay Packers analyst. You know, John, how di- how different is it to be going through camp here as we enter the the week of the the fourth uh, preseason game? Uh, with Clay Matthews not being a part of the Green Bay Packers, you know it's wild. It, when you look at the roster right now, uh, out of the twenty guys who took the most reps on defense last year, twelve of them are gone. The, the, the entire the, this defense has been made over, full makeover, and uh, there are still some leaders over there. I mean, Blake Martinez is still there. Tremont Williams is still there. Kenny Clark's still there. Jair Alexander's still there. So they still have uh, a voice from their defensive presence from last year, but a lot of guys are gone now. It, I mean, Mike Daniels is not there. Clay Matthews is not there. It's, it's, it's a much different feel. Uh, Green Bay, Green Bay misses Clay. And uh, from some of the things that Clay said recently, it sounds like Clay misses Green Bay uh, a little bit as well. So anytime you have a Hall of Fame caliber, a gold jacket guy leave an organization after a decade, it's tough. It's tough on everybody. So um, we wish Clay the best, or at least I wish Clay the best. I think he's going to be great out there in L.A. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, how he does in, in, the, in the blue and in the blue and gold or the white and blue, whatever they wear it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you listen to CBS Sports Radio and you listen to Taz and the Moose, and our special guest is John Kuhn, Green Bay Packers analyst, 12-year NFL veteran, two-time Super Bowl champ. So uh, just to circle back real quick, John, uh, about Aaron Rodgers, what's the deal with the look, man, the mustache, the bolo tie? What's going on? What is, what is he doing? He's like a caricature of him. I don't know what he's like, a cowboy. We call him sad cowboy. What's this yeah, look he's... about? What is the deal? Yeah, he's he's definitely working a fashion statement right now. But he he does he, he does this every every training camp. It's kind of his way to keep uh, some guys on the team uh, loose and, and keep things fresh. So today, with it being the last official day of training camp, and tomorrow the last preseason game, the Packers, like many teams around the NFL, have what's called a team luncheon, where they um, they have a luncheon with a lot of fans, a lot of media, um, a lot of uh, board members, people that that spend money. It, if this was college, it, this would be the booster day. So this right. is everybody that's uh, that's close with the organization, and and they have you know several hundred people in in the atrium up here at Lambeau Field, and they have a lunch, and they kind of give their address to the to the public, to their address to the fans, let them know what they expect to see this year. And, and Aaron, for the last several years, probably last ten years, has been coming out like you said, in character. And um, I'm looking forward to see what he comes out in today. That's what fun. are the expectations here of, uh, for rookie Rashawn Gary for that defense? Yeah, well, you know, just exactly that. He's, uh, you know, he had question marks coming out of college with his productivity, but everything that you've seen out of the guy says he has the physical tools to be something special uh, in the NFL. He's, he's a rookie, man. It, it, it's crazy. You don't – you don't see a whole lot of guys just come in the NFL and, and pop off. It, those are special guys that do that. So this this could be a uh, this could take a little bit of time, and and I understand that people are not patient when it comes to twelfth overall picks and, and and how much time they can have to be special players. But when you when you see him at practice, 
the size is evident. The speed is evident. Mm. The explosiveness is ele- uh, evident. What what you need to see now is the technique and what it takes with the learning curve of I need to I need to set up a move with this move and I I need to uh, I need to bull rush a guy so I can set up the two hand swipe and those are types of things that it's uh, it's very important that he leans on Zadarius Smith who's a tremendous leader on this defensive side a tremendous edge rusher in himself. Um, Zedarius was brought in this offseason as our big uh, free agent acquisition. And Zedarius, he is all that and, and then some. He's, he's a leader on the field, off the field. He works. Um, he practices with a certain type of uh, tempo and expectations. And once he instills those qualities into uh, Rashawn Gary, Rashawn will have everything uh, in his disposal to be able to be a great pass rusher. John, speaking of leaders, so if you shift gears over to the offensive line for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, you know, got a guy, guy like Beluga, you know, got a little veteran, Bakateri, Bak- I always say his name wrong, David Bakateri, <laughs> help me out with that. But you, did, you did fantastic. I was close, right? Balaga, Balaga you, you know, with Balaga and Bakhtiari, I mean, Bakhtiari. You're off to a great start now. Yeah, he's a stud. <laughs> he's a hell of a left tackle. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, yes. I butchered his name. Uh, but who would you say is the, the real anchor of that O-line? Well, boy, it, they're they're kind of blessed uh, at the O line right now with uh, with Balog and Bakhtiari. They have two linchpin tackles. Um, Billy Turner was a big free agent that they brought him from Denver. Mm. He's uh, he's going to move to right guard uh, here with the Packers. But I'll tell you, he he can do a lot of different things too. He he affords them the ability to be really deep on the offensive line because if something would happen to either tackles, he can shift out and play tackles. So. I mean, he makes the depth of not just make the starting five stronger. He makes the depth of the line stronger. And then Corey Lindsley, in uh, in his own right, is a pretty special um, center. Yeah. So I mean, they have four really strong guys on the offensive line. And then when you look, they got a great battle uh, for the left guard going on right now between Lane Taylor, who's been the starter the last four uh, last three or four years, and he's done a done a good job at that. And Elton Jenkins, the second round pick, um, he's come in and shown. Great athleticism, um, great ability to, uh, to to pass block. Which, and let's be honest, when when you're in front of Aaron Rodgers, are you, do you lean a little bit more on the pass blocking side or the run blocking side? And yeah. and, and and he's done a great job with his pass blocking. Um, he's only going to get better at the run blocking and being able to diagnose defenses and things like that. So um, they, they're they're six deep, really strong right now. And like I said, with Billy Turner, it gives them the ability to. Uh, to have depth as well. So their offensive line's looking pretty good. You know, John, if if everything clicks, uh, you know, health, everything fires out, expectate what are the expectations for the Packers in nineteen? <clears throat> Boy, I, I think that's a I think that's a tough call. I but I can see they, they have a really tough schedule at the beginning of the year, even though three of their first five games are at home, because uh, the two games they have to travel are at Chicago for the uh, for the league opener and then at Dallas. So their first five games are very very important, and that's where I said um, with this learning curve. Hopefully, the learning curve is not as long for their offense to get on the same page as it is for defenses to try and figure out how to cover and defend this new offense. Because if that's the case, and they get off to a good start, this could be a great season for the Green Bay Packers. If they struggle in those first five games, they could find themselves uh, at a spot mid-season where they're just chasing their tail, trying to get back to 500. Um, the, the expectations are tough. I, 
I think you're going to see a lot in these first five games. That's going to be the tell because that's that to me is the most important stretch of the season. You know, John, close it out here. You're obviously, you know, you're working with the Green Bay Packers. You played for the Packers. You played in the National Football League here uh, for 12 years. Number one, you know, life in Green Bay. Uh, you know, we, you know, those that have not, you know, been there, been able to experience it. You know, even on a, a game day basis, you know, to be able to play for the Packers and now, you know, working for the Packers as an analyst, uh, give us a little bit of a feel in terms of, you know, the impression that's had on you. Well, I, okay, so when when you watch any of these movies like Friday Night Lights and uh, or or things to that nature, where they talk about high school football in Texas and how the whole town shuts down, how everybody knows your name, and how. Uh, everything revolves around the team. That's the Green Bay Packers. That's Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so playing here for 12 years, it, it, it was a special, special – well, I was here for nine. But playing here for nine years, it was a special, special thing. And uh, when I had the opportunity to come back and actually work with the team and still be a part of that, uh, where in it's game day, we're going to shut down and everybody's going to go in here and be a part of this, this same event, it, it was a no-brainer for myself. Hey, John, uh, we appreciate it uh, as camp wrapped. Uh, enjoy the regular season as camp wraps up and uh, we hit the fourth of preseason game. Uh, and, and thanks for the time this morning, all right? John, thanks, bud. Thanks, thanks guys. Enjoyed it. You thanks got you it. Man. John Kuhn, uh, 12-year NFL vet, nine with the Packers, two-time Super Bowl champion. Give me a feel in terms of well, telling you what its life is like in Green Bay. He's a throwback guy, man. No uh, doubt. Tough, hard-nosed football player, fullback, you know. Just, just he was like a like a guard running the ball with speed and athleticism. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's how he played. He was tough. Man. He was the tough player. Right about that, yeah, Taz. We'll come back. Uh, we got the three for you. We'll get a little fantasy football update, right? We search. Uh, yeah, we're still we're looking at this search. Our research uh, fantasy team league the team team. Say that twice. Is, uh, they're looking for the people that be part of this. Two people. We're in search of two people to be part of the Tasman's Fantasy Football League. And Bilotti, even on even on a week that he's off, is is still being Place a part. Well, he sent me a text last night. League yeah. is set up. We're ready to go. Yeah, I got that too. He's working. He's he's got he's got a bunch of laptops in front of him. Um, the grind continues. The grind continues from for Pilotti as the commissioner of the Tasman's Football League. Uh, he's sketchy. He's sketchy. I've learned that from you when it comes to foot fantasy football. Well, him. he's always looking at. He's always looking out for numero uno. That's right. Pipilotti. Right. That's how he won last year. And That's then he, he gets upset that we didn't put him over like Rover because he won last year. Well, everyone else got something but him, the winner. Right. But he got the right. accomplishment of winning the inaugural Taz and the Moose fantasy football season. Right. Well, we're looking for two people. That's it. Hit us up on Twitter, at Taz and the Moose. We make the decision Friday. Get involved. Taz, Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, we were talking about the VMAs a couple days ago. Remember that? Um, lowest rating in years. Only four and a half million. I think only four and a half people, four and a half million people watched the VMAs. Just four and a half. That's it. I told but, you. Well, I understand. That's still a lot Sucks. of people. But, I mean, it 
I mean, the VMAs used to be like kind of appointment television at the end of summer. Now you know they're only they only are happening like the day of, and here it's because they created like a a logistical traffic mass transit well, nightmare in Newark. New Jersey there. Well, yeah, yeah that's it's... like businesses told people not to come to work. They like closed that day because the area around the Rock, the Redemption was, was so closed down that right. they didn't even bother going to work. Oh, it was, really? It was such a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, a tight area over there. Yeah, in that, by that building, and they had outdoor stages and yeah. so like there was this huge radius closed off. It was a complete cluster. Yeah, well, I, I would... guess they 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 probably wanted to go there in New Jersey because the rent was probably cheaper than doing it. Someplace else, the Garden, yeah, you know, in Manhattan here, or maybe Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I and they used to, sometimes they had a Radio City, which was great. That's true. They did. Eminem had that epic. Right. Eminem had that epic uh, performance where he started outside on Sixth Avenue and walked in. Were you there walking with him? I was not, but it was a great performance. I and I think though the woman who threw you guys, well, all of us for a loop on TV Lizzo. last week was like, yeah, was oh, the star Lizzo. of this show. Yeah. Now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. she yeah. killed it. Apparently, That's, we showed our age. Yeah. Basegla is a huge fan. Love Lizzo. Yeah. Love She's Lizzo. my favorite artist right he now. He listens That's to her great. every day on Uber Eats. I, I do. This Can you sing true. a little for us right now? No, I'm not going to sing it for no. you. But yeah, I love Lizzo. She's, She's very upbeat, right? Yeah, she's uplifting. She's got an uh, interesting background, and she loved Missy Elliott, but she also grew up in the church, so her style is really unique and cool. That's wow. nice. That's yeah, take a listen. That's awesome. Does she sing or rap or both? She does everything. Uh, she's incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm putting her over. I saw, Yes, well done. I saw her on the... Uh, Lizzo Nation. Yeah, I saw her on the uh, the Today Show one day singing, you know. And uh, yeah, I was like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm so indifferent. Like, I don't, you know. I'm, She's great. Good for her. That's I'm stuck awesome. into heavy rock metal from the '90s. That's my thing. I got give me you. some little, little, you know, biscuit. Give me a little. Uh, give me the the the. You, know. you like Creed, don't you? I like. Well, except for the, the soft songs they've done. Right. You know, I've done a lot of those loving. Uh, I don't like that. Give me a little Nirvana. You know, something like that. Oh, I'm boy. good. You know, give me a little Rage Against the Machine instead of Izzo. Well, Lizzo, I love, I like Rage too. too. They they have some good hits. Yeah, you could like a lot of different things. She's uh, good for her. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Everything's great. Upbeat, <laughs> positive. That's it. Good for her. That's great. That's great. What do you mean? Uh, well, you saying great? I mean, I, like I'm just. I mean, I'm indifferent about this person. She's a big star. That's awesome. I, I don't. You know, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Don't matter to me. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Ahead, I'm not going to sit here and put her over. I'm not. Just because Mikey B loves her. I'm, I've never listened to her. I'm just telling her congratulations on your success. All right. And I'm saying who cares? So we both, that's how you feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> so like, we're in the middle. So we're, we're in the middle. middle. You're being a gentleman. I'm being me. I mean, you know, that's, that's, I respect you. You know. Uh, okay. All right. Take it away, Andrew. Thanks, Moose. Philly's first baseman, Reese Hoskins, already unpopular for a prolonged slump since the All-Star break. Then this happened in the field last night. Swinging the ground ball on to second. Hernandez to his left. On his short for one relay. Dropped by Hoskins. Here comes Frazier to score the go-ahead run. That's Joe Block on Pirates Radio. Hoskins inexplicably dropping a throw from shortstop Gene Segura. It would have been an inning-ending oh. double play, keeping the game at 4-4. Instead, Adam Frazier scored. Pirates win 5-4. And... Uh, the audio sounded like it was from 1940. Yeah, and and to be honest, I I put that cut into our system, oh, and really? it didn't sound like that when I recorded it. So mm. either I'm not paying attention, or something weird happens well, within our computer system. There's plenty of people around these parts not paying attention. That yeah. I can tell you. Yes, okay, it, it didn't that. sound that unacceptable when I 
recorded it and edited it and loaded it into our system. Well, I'm sure you'll get it right for the next show you're on after all. No, yeah. probably not. I gave up. They did it once. That's good enough. Okay. Uh, the Phils dropped two games behind the Cubs with that loss for the second NL wildcard. Chicago beat the Mets last night 5-2. New York is now three back after a fourth consecutive defeat. The Cardinals beat the Brewers again, this time 6-3. That's six in a row overall for St. Louis. This game featured a nine-minute delay in the seventh when surprise rain rolled in. Miller Park's roof was open. But again, it took less than 10 minutes to get to close and get back to baseball. Aaron Judge. With career home run number 100 in the Yankees' 7 right. nothing win in Seattle. Aaron Judge. The Indians dumped the Tigers 10-1, but the Twins beat the White Sox 3-1, so Minnesota stays three and a half games clear atop the AL Central. The A's held off the Royals 2-1. The Astros blew out the Rays 15-1. But Aaron Judge. No, Justin Verlander was tossed in the six for arguing balls and strikes with home plate umpire. Aaron Judge. Unsigned pass rusher Jadevion Clowney apparently met recently with the Dolphins, who would like to trade for him. Clowney hasn't signed his franchise tag tender from the Texans. He's said to have fired longtime agent Bus Cook this week. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera says there's no doubt Cam Newton's sprained left foot will be ready for week one. And the Niners have released veteran linebacker Malcolm Smith after two lackluster seasons. The Super Bowl 48 MVP was one of the first big additions for Kyle Shanahan and GM John Lynch. QB Jack Sears ended up fourth on the USC depth chart after a training camp battle, so he has entered the transfer portal. Sears will graduate in December, so he could play anywhere next season. And Sloan Stevens loses in round one of the U.S. Open. Rafael Nadal, a straight set win over Australian John Millman last night. Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams play this evening in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, well, Andrew. Okay, so most are we going to yeah. talk about the, what do you call it right now? About the fantasy football, we're, we're talking no, about the. I, we I thought we. Oh, we, I thought we were doing more. No, we're good. Yeah, we, are, we did right before break. We did right. You guys need a producer. No, we we did. We no, this is my out. fault, Andrew. This is part yeah, of my we fault. Talked yeah. about it. I, I thought that we did something. We were talking uh, about going into break about we're going to handle more of it on the other side of break, and that's where we are now. The other side of the break. Uh, no, I thought that was last hour. All right. Andrew, thanks for joining us, buddy. Great we went job. To break. This is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> yes, those last. No, time. it's just hey, what, Andrew? I can't make a. Sometimes you know, we do a lot of segments here in Taz and the Moose. I don't just come in for a five-second high spot like you every yeah. every hour. Okay, I'm well, here for three hours, dude. So sometimes I might mix a segment with another segment. Sorry, that makes me a suck person. I no, suck at my no, job now, no, Andrew. No, I don't like Andrew say well because your implication was there. He said, oh, this is a well-oiled machine. Who asked to, for your opinion, Mr. WFAN? <laughs> Who asked for your opinion? Well, Just because you're mad, you're not doing updates across well, the hall? It's not wrong. It wasn't the greatest uh, two minutes in radio there. Thanks for having my back, Moose. But anyway, <laughs> it wasn't. The guy says, our show's not a well-oiled machine. I rip him. You go, well, Taz. Uh, you know. <laughs> he might have been right. It wasn't. I, I mean, I, I, no, no. It, it, whatever. It doesn't matter. Kind of does now. I'm no, go now. But whatever. It's Thank fine. you, Andrew. My Appreciate it. Andrew, see you tomorrow, buddy. Uh, Good job. No, we we done everything. We did everything with the fantasy. I'm just excited about the fantasy yes. football league. You know, I, I didn't want to do it, and now I'm, I'm dialed You're in. You're in. You're locked in. Yeah. Next Tuesday of the draft, right? Yeah, so I, I can't tell you the truth. I, I don't know what's going to happen. If I'm just letting you know, because the 12-team thing, I'm a little concerned, so that we're not going to get good players. And if I don't... Um, if I don't get the team I want to get, or at least 85% of the team I want to get, hell, 89%. If I don't get at least 89% of the team I want, I'm going to pull out of this league. Okay. All right, so that'll be 11. Don't put up a fight, Moose. It's okay. Don't say, no, Taz, what do you mean? He's like, 
Okay, fine. There'll be eleven. Well, I don't, I don't even know what that. Eighty-nine percent of the players that you want to get. Okay, I'm joking. You're taking me literally now. I'm just saying the bulk of my team is not. I'm sorry. I, I believe what people say when oh, they speak. Okay. <sighs> okay. All right. And <sighs> if I don't get the team I want, I will not be a quitter and I will stick it out. But I'm gonna probably not be a fun player to play with. That's really it. All right. Well, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you get everyone you're looking to get. I'm not going night. to. We're 12 teams. We're 12 guys playing. It's no, not it makes happen. it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> to yeah. drill down a little bit on some NFL rosters. Yeah. And when I said 89%, you don't have to take can't me be the, literally. It can't be the six-team league that you were in, playing with all-star after all-star. My point was I... You got to find some sleepers, a couple diamonds in the rough, do a little work. No, I, I have no problem doing work. I mean, at least I showed up to the last one. You weren't even there. The I had my other, I had my other job. And you're not doing that this I year. Was, I am teaching this year at Iona. Correct. Right, well, hopefully the dates don't clash. With my no, will not. I already made that declaration. Oh boy. I already said we can't do it on Wednesday night. I'm flexible. You pick the day and Which time. Which night are we doing this? Because you know what, Tuesday I feel night. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to do auto draft. I'm going to pull it quickly on you people. Okay, that's what I'm going to do because I'm sick of this crap. Nice. So that's Make sure what I'm going to take do. Elliot and Melvin Gordon off your list. <laughs> I will. That's funny. Yeah, no, I will. And luck. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm going to do auto draft. Somebody else did it last year, didn't they? Besides Moose, well, JJ did. Bunch of guys did. Maybe JJ. I don't remember to be honest. Yeah, he was like not even. He was like a ghost. Yeah, I don't a, know. I wasn't there. Zach, I think, is a little upset. Zach Gelb, great host here. Uh, on CBS Sports Radio, he's not in. He does a great job. But we couldn't fit him in. That was It's nothing against Zach. It's just that we just, with the other players that are regular contributors to the show, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get Zach in. So, but uh, somebody tweeted and he tweeted off it. But, yeah, it was amazing. <clears throat> no, I know. He's a little bit bothered about that. But, I, listen, he's done a great job and does a great job here on CBS Sports Radio. But we have, uh, we already invited and made the de- declaration or made the decision for Zook and, and Heller to join it. And then we want to have two people that, uh, from our listen- vast listening audience join the league. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. That All right. Great. Thank you, Taps. Here we go. The three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Rob Gronkowski gets emotional about leaving football. He did. Here he is, uh, the former Patriots tight end, now all of 30 years of age, talking about uh, his decision to retire. Cut one, Sammy. I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down, and I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life, like the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh, (laughs) dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it. And I knew what I signed up for, and I knew what I was fighting through. And I knew I just have to fix myself. Yeah, we talked about it earlier on in the show. Uh, you know, to kick off the program here on this Wednesday morning, Kronk, uh, you know, didn't completely close the door on, uh, or didn't close the door at all and return to the NFL, but said, he, you know, that passion's got to be there. He's got to be healthy. Said he's healthier. Talked about the deep thigh bruise that he suffered in the Super Bowl, how banged up he was. He was tired of the pain. You just heard it, losing the passion in the game, Taz. So, you know, a trimmed down, more svelte uh, Rob Gronkowski yesterday. 
uh, as he's uh, kind of become one of the leading voices to use CBD products, uh, marijuana products, to, to help athletes and NFL players dealing with pain, trying to open up awareness to that, to the National Football League. We'll see if he brings about that kind of a change. Uh, but clearly, you know, the NFL misses him. Uh, the Patriots are going to miss him. Football fans are going to miss him. But he gave you the reason why at 29, now 30, he stepped aside. I know he seemed, uh, and that, that audio people just heard played here, that he seemed sad and, and he was emotional for sure. And he got emotional about football and, and that he, that you know, it was it was making him, uh, he just wasn't happy and stuff like that because of his, everything going on with his body. But I, he does seem, and those stuff I've seen with him on TV and online, uh, he seems happy that he's, he doesn't seem like he's missing football and he seems like he's doing other things and um, I know he even put out there that uh, some people are saying that he might uh, get some kind of a something going on with WWE, which um, oh. from what I understand, what Rob Gronkowski is saying is that he would love to do because he's a big, big wrestling fan for a long time, but he wouldn't want to do like a full-time thing, like come in, do something big, and then just, you know, and, and just and get out. Like, <laughs> that doesn't usually, like, when that's heard in the locker room, like, rest, guys like, oh, yeah? Like, <laughs> we're grinding the road, doing our thing, and you're going to come in for a big pop. But, so I don't know. Um, he would want to get trained, he said, to do something like that. But, uh, so who knows? Maybe WWE would do business with him. I don't really know. But, um, you know, it, that too will, depending what they do, he's got, you know, physically his body, he's got to watch whatever he does, if he does something with WWE. But if not, it, you know, look, he, um, you're right. He did lose a lot of weight, and uh, he looks great. I mean, and that that's when someone, a player like that, an ex-player, loses the weight. It helps your body, helps your joints, helps your ligaments, helps your full body skeletal recover better. Uh, so, you know, you see a lot of football players, they cut weight once they're done playing. So, um, he was always a big guy. He's six foot seven or something like that. So he's just yeah. a big guy in general. So, he is. So. What about that uh, potential return uh, to the NFL? Uh, take a listen. I'm on the right path to where I am now. And I got a lot farther to go. And I feel great. And I am pain free. But I truly believe I can get to another level with my body. And I'm just in the stage, first stage right now. And when that time comes down in the future, if I have the desire to play football again, if I feel passionate about football again, if I'm feeling like I need to be out there on the field, I will go back to football. But as of right now, that is not the case. It could be the case in six months. It could be the case in two years. It could be the case in three years. It could be the case in three months. But I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future in like a week or a month. And I'm going to yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, we'll see if he, you think you see Gronk back in the NFL. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't. I mean, may, maybe I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. See, I don't think so. I think he likes being a public eye. I think he wants to be seen without a helmet on. Um, I think his body's been beat up, and uh, I'm. I'm not going to be on the fence about it. I don't think so. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to say if he comes back. I mean, I think he's a great player, great tight end, no doubt, a great career. Uh, left young, but he was beat up. But I don't think I don't think he's going to come back. Do you? Yeah, uh, no, I'd have a tendency to agree with you. I don't. I, I don't um, think that that he'll come back. I, I also think it depends on if something piques his interest uh, that he's able to gravitate to away from the football field, where there is that a, a focus on playing football. He's got a lot uh, of charisma, you know. You yeah, know, he does. So he could do something in, in entertainment for sure. No question about it. All right, number two. Number two. 
sources Dolphins are interested in Jadavion Clowney. So Clowney, uh, who uh, you know, was given the franchise tag by the Houston Texans, no de- long-term deal reached. He has not signed that franchise tender, Taz, to play here in 2019. He reportedly prefers the Eagles or the Seahawks, but has met with the Dolphins and met with head coach Brian Flores and the Brain Trust down there in Miami as they convince him to accept a deal uh, to Miami. Now, they haven't reached the parameters of a deal, so it's not at the final stages here, but Miami feels like, reportedly feels like they are the leading candidate to land Jadavian Clowney via trade, but he has to agree to that trade. We'll see uh, where this does go from here. We chatted about it earlier. I still think he remains a Houston Texan, but you think a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, and the other thing, too, is like, we, just real quick, anybody's just joining, like, when we were talking about this earlier, we both we pointed out that the guy has been just smashed up with injuries when he first came into the league at a young age. You know what I mean? So it's like, and by the way, any of the content that we do here, um, you know, we do a three hour show live. A lot of you guys are very busy, so you can't listen live all the time. So just a reminder, you can download the podcast every single day for free at radio.com on the app or the website or Apple Podcast or Stitcher. Or wherever you get your podcast, you can get Taz and the Moose uh, content every single day. Yes. So, yes. Clowney, we'll see where he ed- does end up here. Yes. yes, uh, yes. But he has not signed that franchise tender with the Texans. Um, and the latest rumblings are that the Miami Dolphins are clearly uh, in hot pursuit. All right, number three. Number three. Antonio Brown tells Ben Roethlisberger to, quote, Shut up already. Right. <laughs> and so the reaction to Roethlisberger, you know, apologizing for him being, for Roethlisberger calling Antonio Brown out after the interception Bronco game on the road and criticizing the depth of Brown's route. That was during the regular season last year. We know AB now a member of the Raiders. Roethlisberger still in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Roethlisberger saying he feel bad. He was in the wrong for doing that. And Antonio Brown's reaction was basically to, to zip the lip, close it, and uh, let's move on already. Right. And then Brown, right, you know, deleted the tweet after that. So I think it's – and I was saying – you were saying, well, he, what, what, what Big Ben should have done is contacted him privately instead of – and, you know, like I was saying, we don't know if he did that. But then again, would Brown, to your point you made earlier, would Brown have said shut up if they did talk privately? That would be a little weird. You know, so – yeah, I mean, I, it's like this feels like these two guys with, with their drama, they're on different teams, and it's like, I, I, it's probably the last time we're going to talk about these two guys in the same sentence, I would think. Uh, one's on the Steelers, one's on the Raiders, and really, that's it. So, I mean, like, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I think Big Ben was just trying to extend the proverbial olive branch publicly. Yes. And then, you know, Antonio Brown didn't want to accept the olive branch. And he said, well, just no. shut up. <laughs> That's so, exactly you know, right. Yeah. So uh, the drama does continue with uh, with Antonio Brown. And I think it's time for Roethlisberger uh, to put 2018 in the past and just focus on uh, the year ahead and stop thinking about number 84. So there you have it. Your three big storylines here on this Wednesday morning. Miami pursuing Jadavian Clowney. Antonio Brown telling uh, ben Roethlisberger to shut up and an emotional Rob Gronkowski rationalizing, giving you the reasons why yesterday uh, he decided to call it a career. Talking about his joy of life and football was going away with all the injuries and the pain that he was dealing with. It. So there you have it. The undercard stories we have missed from today's show. That comes your way next. It's Taz and Moose on a Wednesday, CBS Sports Radio. 
You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, time right now to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from David in Wyoming. Cardinals, Buccaneers, Lions, Giants all came in last place last year in the NFC. Which of those four do you like? Do you have the most faith in uh, to make the playoffs? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com/slash Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts. For all your car care needs, get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. Um, I think the Cardinals with a rookie quarterback and a new offense and a wet-behind-the-ears head coach, Mm. I would have probably the least confidence. Uh, Giants defense, I think, is going to be terrible, even though I think that's probably the most competitive division. And then you get to the Lions and the Buccaneers. Lions in the same division with Green Bay and, and Chicago and Minnesota. Very difficult road for Matt Patricia and the Lions to travail. And then you get to Tampa Bay. Who would I have the most faith? I'd probably say the Buccaneers. Really? Hmm. Who was uh, just on the show and had said Bucks also? I can't remember. Just this past week. I'm trying to play. Uh, Somebody mentioned Bucks also. Oh, Ryan Warren. That's right. Ryan, That's right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're right. Yeah. Um, man, most faith in. I don't know. I, you know, I do think that and you make a good point about Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury as a new head coach there with Arizona and all that stuff. What he is. But I don't think they're going to make some noise. I think they're going to do some good stuff. I do. I think the kid's got a lot of – he's got some toughness. I know he's undersized. I think he's got a big-time chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to do okay. I, I don't think the Bucks. And it's who do you have the most faith in? It's a good question. Um, not the Giants. I'm not going to go with the Bucks. Jeez, am I going with the Cardinals here in this? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know where you're going to go. I, I'm. I'm kind of like. I, I, I'm not strong about any of them. I mean, so, but I want to give you an answer. I want to give David and Wyoming an answer. Which of those four teams do you have the most faith in to make the playoffs? I don't know. So what did you say? You said Bucks. To, yeah, to so go with the Buccaneers. Bucks, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't think about it. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just I, I don't want to give, like, you know what I mean, Moose? Like, I don't want to come out here and say, usually I'm pretty, like you, I'm pretty strong behind my statements and feelings and gut and all that. But I got, it's in a few weeks. Okay, sure. <laughs> week go. 11. Yeah, it's like week 10. <laughs> that's week 10. I'll give you a great answer. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. The undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, well, here we go. All right, what do we got, Mike? Hello? Oh, sorry, the microphone was off. I'll piggyback on what David had to ask. I'm a little scared to ask here. But from the AFC side, your last place team, Jets, Bengals, Jags, and Raiders. Which of those four would you give have the most faith in to oh make the playoffs? Oh, this guy's unbelievable. Uh, He's just I, like David. Yeah, I would say uh, the Jaguars. Wait, the question was what? To make the playoffs? I, I didn't hear yeah, yeah make the playoffs. Have faith to make the uh, most faith. Not that they're going to make it, but the most faith that they could make it. I'd say the Jaguars. I'm with you. I'm going with the Jags, Luck too. retirement, I, I, new and quarterback. And I think Foles division. is going to do pretty good. They're good defense, yeah. right? I yep. think, I think, and Fournette, we talked about it. He could, he could do some things. If you give him the rock enough, he can make something happen. I'm with you. I'm going to go Jacksonville. 
Oh, there you go. All right, we're in agreement. All right, next. He's in the mix. I like him. So not the Raiders. Uh, Popeyes, with this new chicken sandwich, earned $23 million in free publicity. Good for them. Any interest in eating this thing? Yes. Uh, I don't. I actually had a Chick-fil-A yesterday. Nice. I want to try the pop, but there was an announcement yesterday that they sold out of the... I didn't see that. I thought there was some sort of announcement from Popeyes yesterday. Uh, they might have been joking around, but that was yeah. that was a hell of an un, un, you know, unfurling of the chicken sandwich. Everyone was talking about it. Big deal. Very big yeah. deal. It is sold out, correct? Huge. Yeah. Headlines everywhere. Yes. Out of the sandwich. Yeah, they're out of the sandwich. Have a great day, pal. You okay. as well. Uh, you know, Sam, Mike, everybody who called the show. Uh, AB, a- thanks to everybody. Here. We appreciate it. Uh, remember, hop online, tweet us at Taz and the Moose if you want to get involved in fantasy football. Good stuff, Taz. Have yourself a yes, wonderful sir. Wednesday, Thank everybody. You. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.